Taylor will affect. If not, if it hasn't, it will. If it hasn't, it might be current, whatever it might be, and that's guilt. I want to talk a little bit today about guilt that sometimes people feel. You know what we're really good at, people are really good at? Humankind has become really good at hiding it. Humankind has become, mankind has really become very good at, at hiding uh, guilt. And, and the more, say this with me, say, the more I try to hide something, the worse it becomes. Now, I didn't just now tell you anything you didn't already know. Is that true? You already knew it. If I, everything we try to hide, and listen, when we, sometimes when we try to hide things, they get bigger. Not only do they decrease in size, they grow. And they become this, this little thing that would have been remedied with a simple apology, repentance, whatever it might have been, correction, return, whatever it might be. That little simple thing suddenly becomes this great big monumental thing. I think I told you um, a couple of uh, a couple of years ago, my wife and I were in. Uh, well, now well, let me tell you that story real quick. We were out in Utah, and we went. We love the state parks, so we were out there at the state parks, and we went through the slot canyons. We're going through the slot canyons. We're walking out of one we had conquered it. And it was a tough one because you had to go over water and you had to spider walk through two canyons and everything else. Well, we're coming out. Well, we see where somebody had written. It was my wife and me and Josh. And we saw where someone had written uh, something like a been here, done that, whatever, on the side of the rock. So we thought, well, we'll just add our two cents to it as well on the slot canyon. I can say this now publicly because I've already gotten in trouble. And um, so we put on there same thing done that we put our initials and the date that we did it we put all three of our initials and the date and we just thought oh that's wonderful we hiked back to our car a couple days later we got on an airplane we come home and suddenly my wife is getting blown up on Facebook I probably was but wouldn't know because I don't look at it much but she's getting blown up on Facebook by people from Utah that are going through the slot canyon and they have found her by her initials and the way that they did it they tracked us because they looked up the initials, and then when they kept searching Facebook, they found pictures. And one of the pictures was the initials with the date. Oh, it wasn't. They just knew it from the name and the pictures that correlated with the date. So they knew it's her and then two other people. So they're just attacking her on Facebook. You are so bad. I can't believe. And, and she's feeling bad about it because neither her nor I, uh, maybe we should have known. Sometimes you do what you don't know you shouldn't have done. And we did what we didn't know we shouldn't have done. Now I know. But she's feeling bad about it, and she's telling me about it. And, I, and, and at that time, I'm not yet feeling bad about it. And I'm just thinking, they're just a couple idiots. Don't worry about them. They'll get over it. They probably did it too. If not there, they probably scrawled it in some oak tree out in the middle of a forest somewhere. So about a week goes by. I'm sitting on the, in fact, I was, it was a Saturday. And I was getting some notes together for church. My phone rings. I don't recognize the number. It's an out-of-town number. My phone rings. My cell phone. I pick up the cell phone. I said, hello. Voice on the other end says, is this Steve Parker? When somebody asks you that without identifying themselves. <laughs> is this Steve Parker? I said, it is. I was proud. <laughs> yes, it is. This is Officer John Doe from the Utah State Police Department. Hmm. 
Suddenly, I wasn't proud to be Steve Parker. Uh, yeah, you're, <laughs> lost my signal. <laughs> I said, yes, sir, what can I do for you? He said, were you hiking at the Slot Canyon at yada yada place on such and such a date? Now, I'm not a liar, so I had to admit it, and I said, yes, sir, I was. He said, did you carve your initials in that wall? Yes, sir, I did. He said, was there anybody with you? Yes, sir, and it's all their fault. I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I, didn't I said, yes, sir. Uh, it was my wife and my son were both with me. And he said, do you realize that that's illegal? I said, well, I'm starting to draw that conclusion now. And he said, Mr. Parker, he said, that's illegal, and the fine is, and he told me, I can't remember, it was quite extensive. He said, the fine is X amount of whatever, and, and yada, yada. And I said, sir... I promise you, had I known that we shouldn't have done that, we were following suit. You know, we're, somebody else did it and we did it too. It's like the guy, if they jump off a cliff, you're going to jump too. I, if they'd asked me that right then, I'd have had to say I'd have jumped off head first. <laughs> and I said, I didn't know it was illegal. I didn't. Should I have known? Probably should have known. But when we saw other people's stuff in there, I just didn't, didn't click. And I said, I promise you, though, I'll never do it again. He paused for a moment and he said, Mr. Parker, he said, you know what? He said, I'm authorized to uh, fine you. I'm authorized to charge you whatever. I can't remember what it was, the fine. But he said, you know what? I'm, we're going to forget about it. He said, I'm just going to give you this verbal warning because you were honest. If you had not been honest, we were going to charge you the full extent of the fine that would have been due. He said, but because you're honest. I'm going to let you go. He said, just please do this. And also, we would have been um, excommunicated. We would never be able to go to the state parks again or national parks. And uh, so he said, but because you were honest, and we love the national parks, and because you were honest, he said, I'm just going to write that I gave you a verbal warning. He said, please don't ever do that again. I said, I promise you it will never happen again. I'm an honest guy, and I will never do it again. And then I get off the phone with him. I still felt guilty. I felt like, man, I ruined the wall, and it's... <laughs> Now my initials are there forever and someone's going to think, you know, I don't know, who is SP? And, and, and so then I start feeling bad and I'm glad that I was off the hook and I wasn't going to prison. And, and, but the guilt, I, I felt guilty and my wife and I are talking, we're laughing, we're telling our kids about it and, and they're laughing and, and all the while I'm laughing, I still felt guilty. I felt ashamed uh, that I did that. And, but I realized, it, it didn't take me long to realize, you know what, they forgave me, so I'm just going to forgive myself and just, how am I going to change that? I'm just never going to do that again. So whenever I go to a, a national park or a state park or anybody's park, for that reason, I just choose to keep my initials to myself. And uh, the only people that need to know that I'm there is the people that look at the photos that we take. So I can tell you that guilt, though, will stress you out because there's a sense whenever you do something that creates a level of guilt in you, in us, when we do something that creates this guilt, what it does is it, we're always trying to compensate for that guilt. In our mind, in our body, in our, in our thoughts, whether no matter naturally, spiritually, we're always trying to compensate for that guilt. And almost always what we will do is overcompensate for the guilt. So that's why people will say that if you lied about something, you feel guilty about it. And then you try to lie to cover the lie. The lie gets bigger because you overcompensate. So you, you build it, you build it, you build it, you build it until there's this massive, huge explosion and there's nothing you can, you can do about it. Now, you can, but it would have been easier if you'd have done something about it in the very beginning. 
So feeling guilt about your choices can begin to take a toll on you or me um, and take a toll on who you believe that you are. Because believe it or not, when you begin to feel guilty about something or you possess guilt and you hold on to guilt and you, you cling to that thing and you, you don't repent or you don't ask Holy Spirit to get you through that, is when you begin to, and you continue to hold on to that guilt, it begins to take a toll on who you believe that you are. Just your very nature. You begin to see yourself as dishonest. You begin to see yourself as unloyal. You begin to see yourself as a liar. You begin to see yourself as a cheater or whatever it might be that brought that guilt on. You begin to see yourself that way instead of seeing yourself the way that God sees you. And that is that He sees you, God sees you as a whole person. And you, when through guilt, see yourself as a partial person. So you're never able to completely express who the Father actually created you to be because guilt is like this massive wall that hinders you from exploding into the fullness of your creation. You hear me today. So everybody say this with me. Guilt is self-imposed. Guilt is always something, anytime that we have any guilt whatsoever, whatever level it might be, Little guilt, big guilt, whatever level it is, guilt is always self-imposed. No one else, people will say, don't, you, don't try to make me feel guilty, and they will say, no one can make you feel guilty. 100% of the time, guilt is self-imposed. Guilt only exists when we begin to believe something about ourselves, whether it is true or untrue, when we begin to believe something about ourselves that comes up short of who we think we should be. It is always 100% self-imposed. I'm going to define it for you. Guilt is a feeling of personal responsibility for something that is damaging to one's self or damaging to others. So what makes us feel guilty? And I'm going to pick three of the big things that, are, that I picked out this morning. There are other things, but these are three big things that can overlap and at the same time be completely separate, and they are these. We have guilty feelings for lying, cheating, and dishonesty. Those are the three big ones, lying, cheating, and dishonesty. And i got to tell you, there's nobody in this room that has, is free from all of those. <coughs> nobody. I have to think that, I have to tell you this story. Yesterday, uh, we built our home, and the, the roof is pretty steep, and it's, it's high, and like all roofs are high, but it's high, and there was a shingle when they built the house. There's a shingle that was left up there, a couple shingles that were loose, uh, not that were supposed to be attached, but it's where they cut it, and they left the piece on the roof a couple of different places and almost to the peak of the roof. Oh, and it bothers me. Every time I pull in my driveway, I see those pieces up there. I've texted the construction pe- the contractor that built the house and said, hey, need you guys to get those pieces off because the roof is steep, and my wife has told me over and over again because I'll tell her. That bothers me every time I see it. She said, you will not get on that roof. No matter how much it bothers you, you are not to climb on that roof. You will not get on that roof. That's what she said. And so yesterday I get up and I have some chores to do around the house and I'm doing everything and I walk out in the front yard to do something and I was putting some window tent on one of the windows and uh, when I put it on there, I walked down the driveway to see how the window tent looked and As I walked out there, I looked up on that roof, and man, there were those two pieces of shingle that just drove me nuts. And my wife just went to Lowe's. (laughs) 
Everything you're thinking is true. I go in the garage and I look. And she, okay, she's been gone about 10 minutes. I'll knock this right out. I go in the garage. I get my ladder, my long ladder. I pull out the pieces, my extension. I get up there. And I'm thinking in my head, Steve, if you fall off this ladder, off this roof, and it doesn't kill you, she will. <laughs> so you better be careful. I climb up that ladder. I re- lean, get my leg up over the, over the gutter. I get up there, and I'm walking up, and I see those two pieces of shingles, and I pick them up. Well, then I see little nails that they just left up there, little roofing nails that are just everywhere. So I'm walking around all over that roof just picking up little roofing nails, paying attention to the time. She won't be home for 15 minutes. I'm paying. I get over here and there's leaves in the gutter. So I go over there and I cleaned out the leaves in the gutter. While I'm here, I'll just, you know, and I'm cleaning out the leaves in the gutter. And then I check the caulk, make sure they caulked underneath the, the soffit and everything real well. And I'm looking at everything. And then I realize, man, she's going to be home anytime. So I got to get out. So I got all this stuff and I throw it over the side and over the roof. And then I carefully reach my leg over and put it on that very top rung, which is bad, very top rung of the ladder. And and I climb down that ladder, I fold the ladder up, and I put it in the garage. When she comes back, I was doing the same thing I was doing when she left. <laughs> you're so good, you're so good, you're so good, baby. <laughs> and all the men are laughing because you've done the same thing, and today is confession day. <laughs> all the guilt is going to go away. So I'm out in the garage, and she pulls into the garage, and I'm putting up the thing, and she said, oh, hon, that looks good. And I said, thank you, hon. Did you get everything you wanted at Lowe's? Yeah, got everything I needed. And she went to Hobby Lobby or somewhere, and she got everything she wanted. She was telling me about it. She went in the house. She said, you want lunch? I said, oh, I'd love lunch. She goes in, gets me lunch. She's just serving me, and I'm feeling worse and worse. (laughs) It is eating me up. So I'm on the ladder in the garage, putting up a rack on the roof so I can hang Christmas stuff on the rack, on the ceiling. And I'm in there, and then finally she comes out. She's, she said, hey, you got lunch. I ate my lunch. I go back out. She comes back out to look at it, and she says, oh, it's looking really good. I said, babe, I can't take it. i got to confess. No. She looks at me. She said, what would you do? I said, I climbed up on the roof. She said, Steve Parker! <laughs> It's not the kind of Steve Parker that you use. (laughs) And I said, I shouldn't have done it. No, you shouldn't have. But I felt so guilty, man. I tell you, and it was just bad. And and if I hadn't have just unloaded it and just said, babe, this is what I did. I'm just, I'm I'm an honest person. I'm honest by nature. My mind, my, everything in me, it bothers me. If I feel, if I, if you ever think that I've been dishonest with you, please come and tell me because I want to straighten it up. Because one, if, if I don't know that you think I've been dishonest and then I become aware that you think that, suddenly I feel guilty for something I don't even know I should feel guilty for. So just be honest with me. So when I unloaded that on her and I told her, and I said, this is it. And then she forgave me and it's okay. Don't do it again. But that's, it's all good. You know, the sense, the, the relief. Because prior to that, between the time I climbed off of the roof and the time that I confessed to her, every minute between that, all I could think about was how mad my wife is going to be at me because I did this. Now, somebody might think, what difference does it make? You know what? You, men climb on roofs. It really matters to me whether or not my wife 
wants to make me lunch. I probably could have used a better example, but... But it matters to me what she thinks about me. And it matters to me that she wants me to be safe. The only reason I haven't skydived is because she has absolutely forbidden me to do it. In fact, I tried to make a deal with her just last night. There's something she shared that she would like to do. I said, you can do that if I get to skydive. I want to jump out of an airplane. And she said, no. But, hon, I have something to confess. No, I don't. When I was in Texas last week, me and John, no, I didn't. But guilt, man, when guilt, when it's in us for whatever, whether we're hiding something or we've done something that we know we shouldn't have done, guilt is always self-imposed. It's something that we bring upon ourselves. It's a decision that we make that didn't have to be made. Again, whether it's just being dishonest, lying, cheating, whatever it is, you know, a lot of times people do think, listen, I'm the guy... I'm just going to tell you, I, I am not an angel, um, but I can tell you that it, it bothers me. Little things I, in my mind, I am always thinking about, I don't want to cross the line uh, with anything. I won't even use a paper clip that belongs to the church for something that I have that's personal. That's my mind. That's how my mind works. I cannot do that. And, and some people can walk into a restaurant and walk out with their mugs or, or walk into a hotel and walk out with their towels and not think anything about it. I can't do that. I cannot do that. because Even, for one, you shouldn't. But they can do that and they don't have any, any thought at all that, you know what, you shouldn't do that. It doesn't belong to you and it is stealing. So guilt is self-imposed. If I tried to load a towel into my suit and somebody in this room you maybe you've done that before I don't know but maybe you've loaded a towel or taken a mug from a restaurant or whatever it might be that didn't belong to you just because you thought it was cool or or you kept the extra change when you knew that they gave you too much at the store whatever it might I just went to the bank I went to the bank this week to make a deposit when I walked out the guy gave me five dollars too much I was in the parking lot I'm counting the money he gave me five dollars too much I walked right back into Truist and I and I walked up to the counter and I said, Bud, you gave me $5 too much. He said, no, 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 I didn't. I said, yes, you did. I said, this is what I wrote the check for. This is what you gave me. And I held the money out there. He said, thank you for being honest. I can't do it because the guilt that would be self-imposed by keeping what didn't belong to me or by lying about something that was really in the long run was not going to do anything to help anybody. It's not worth it. Somebody say, it's just not worth it. Somebody say it this way. Say, guilt. Is just not worth it. And yet, as I say that, in this room today or watching online, there are people that every day you've learned to live with guilt. And most of the time, people learn to live with guilt because they're hiding something that they have hidden for so long, they're afraid to share it with whoever it needs to be, whatever in whatever way it, they need to be free from it. They're afraid to do that because. They've held on to it for so long, they're afraid that the damage would be so much greater. Can I tell you today, the damage by, with, by holding on to that guilt will far exceed both naturally and spiritually the damage that might be caused by releasing that guilt through confession. Can somebody say amen this morning? The sense of right and wrong that we have, they're just not the same for everyone. What we do, the choices we make, and, and uncorrected wrongdoing, uncorrected 
decisions that we make that are not right always will create this sense and this feeling of guilt. And I can tell you this, and I want you to say this with me, say guilt, guilt. comes from God. He does not, don't say this part, but he does not impose guilt upon you, but he gave us guilt as a measure of teaching. He gave us guilt as a means by which we can become mature. Guilt is a feeling, it is a sense, it is something within us, it is conviction, is the word I would use scripturally. It is Holy Spirit saying to us, you did something that you shouldn't have done, I'm convicting you of that. I'm reminding you every day that you shouldn't have done it. Don't let this build up. Let's go ahead and deal with this today. Get you healed of it. Amen? How many in here, don't tell me if you have guilt, but when you've had guilt, how many in here could not wait until you were released from that guilt? Absolutely. How many of you felt a sense when you were released from guilt because you confessed or whatever, there was this sense of, you could just exhale and it felt so amazing. How many can relate to that? Absolutely every time. So why do we ever hang on to it? So why in the world when we know the relief that comes from setting things straight, when we know that there is a sense of healing and peace that comes with getting rid of all of that, man, why would we ever, ever, ever want to hold on to any of that? Feelings of guilt can be debilitating and then added to that create extreme and I'm emphasizing the word extreme extreme anxieties if we live our life full of guilt and we feel like we're not we've done something that we've not been forgiven of even if we have some people hold on to guilt that a long time ago the father said I don't even hold that against you anymore yet they hang on to it and they still cling to that sense of guilt even if they were guilty of it in the beginning, they're no longer guilty of it because He set them free. But if we cling to that guilt, it creates an anxiety and there's always this sense of a need. I have to keep on repenting or I have to keep on apologizing or I have to keep on asking somebody, can you, can you, will you ever be able to forgive me for this? It's debilitating because people can't, if you hang on to guilt and you don't release it, especially when God releases it, or the person you've sinned against, or people you've sinned against, or situation, whatever it is. If you don't come to the place where you repent of that, and you release that guilt, and you let Holy Spirit remove that guilt from you, it begins to occupy such a deep reservoir in your mind that you lose sight of things that pertain to life and freedom and joy. Everything you do gets filtered through how you feel. In this way, well, I can't go to church because I have all of this guilt and, and I can't bring this into the church or I can't go there and talk to that person because I have all of this sense of guilt and, and I just wouldn't feel right by meeting with them and talking with them. Guilt is debilitating. It will literally rob you of your ability to be all that you were created to be. God's design is not for you nor I to ever have to live with guilt. God's design is that you and I are free from that. When we come to Him and we say, I'm laying all this down. I've been carrying this baggage, God, for a long time. And Yahweh, I'm depending on you right now to set me free. I'm going to go ahead and lay it out there. I'm going to go ahead and confess it because I want to walk out of this building today liberated. I want to walk out of this building today with my eyes and my mind fixed on you, not on all the errors I've made. It's 
So when it becomes debilitating, when it begins to create anxieties in us, we're always afraid of what might come next. The mind is not at peace, so the body and the soul aren't either. There's a deconstruct that happens where the mind, the body, the soul are supposed to be united as one with soul singular purpose in serving the Father. Suddenly, when guilt is there, it begins to separate mind, body, and spirit. We begin to forget whose we are. We begin to forget who it was that came to deliver us from those things. Our mind and our spirit do not cooperate together. So while the Spirit of God is in us and He wants us to press into forgiveness, our mind says, I've done too much and it's no way. I've held on to this too long and there's no way that I'm going to be one with Him again. Is anybody hearing me this morning? Hebrews 10 verse 22 says this. says, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with a full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. I'm going to read it one more time. It says, let us draw near to God. That's the beginning point. Everybody say, I choose to draw near to God. Let us draw near to God, and I'm going to do that with a sincere heart. Father, I'm coming to you today, and I'm saying this. Man, I carry some stuff in me. I've done some things I'm not happy about. I've done some things at the time I might have been proud about. I did some things that at the time I thought were right. But now I realize they're not. I realize that people were hurt by that. I realized I've been hurt by that. I realize, Father, I've let you down, my wife down, my husband down, my kids down, whoever it might have been. I realize I've carried these things, but I'm coming to you with this in mind. With a, full, a heart full of faith today. I'm coming to you today believing with all of my heart that, Father, I love you and you can set me free from this. I choose not to carry this anymore. I choose to let you draw this thing out of me like a syringe taking blood for a blood test. I'm going to let you suck this thing right out of me until I am liberated and until I am free. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. I'm genuine with a full assurance that faith brings. When I trust you, I know your answers are always right. Even if I don't understand the answer, I know your answers are always right. That's faith. And my heart is sprinkled to cleanse me from a guilty conscience. It is sprinkled with this assurance that you are for me. Everybody say this. He is for me. me. That you are for me and you will cleanse me from a guilty conscience. And my body will be washed with pure water. Guilt is all about a past issue that still exists in the present. Whatever guilt anyone in this room or under the sound of my voice might be having today, it is all about a past issue that still exists in the present. And I'm going to tell you today, I need you to understand this this morning. It hinders you. Guilt hinders you. And I want to tell you, no matter how many people have told you over and over and over again, you should feel guilty. You should feel that way. I want to tell you the Father's never told you that. Yahweh has never said to you, you denied me three times. And you should feel that way. No, you know what he says? Do you love me? Then he comes to you again because you keep saying, but I did. He said, but do you love me? But you don't, do you remember what I did? I'm asking you a question. Do you love me? Then keep my word. 
these past issues that we hold in ourselves, these past things that we feel like somehow God hasn't forgiven us from, we've got to arrive at this place this morning. Can we arrive at this place this morning, I'm asking you. Can, I, can we together arrive at this place tomorrow, this morning? I am laying this guilt down. Whatever it is that has created guilt in my life, I am laying it down at the feet of God today, and I'm going to believe that God is going to set me free. Can we believe that together today? I can tell you He wants to make you a whole person, not a partial person. He wants your body, soul, and spirit to be united as one so that you can honor Him in the way that He created you to honor Him. Living with guilt is not healthy naturally, nor is it healthy spiritually naturally because it is detrimental to good health. I can tell you people that live with guilt, it begins to work on you. It begins to work in you. You get stressed out about everything. You get defensive. When we have this sense of guilt, we become defensive about everything. What did you say? Why do you think I did that? Why? Because I did it before. Does that mean I had to do it again? And suddenly, what guilt does, it begins to, in our natural mind, it begins to corrupt our process to be able to think like Yahweh wants us to think. Think on goodness and righteousness and holiness. It causes stress and it limits your ability to be open and honest and spiritually, it impedes your vision. This is big. This is really big. When people want to know, they ask, Father, what is it you want me to do? Who do you want me to be? Where do you, what do you want me to become? Could you say that again? Yes. When people ask, Father, who do you want me to be? Who do you want me to become? It's important to Siri. When they ask that, and yet, and they're consumed with guilt, no matter what he says to you, or me. We're going to filter whatever he says through a feeling of guilt. Well, I believe this is what he wants me to do, but man, I've done all of these things, so there's no way he would trust me with that. That's a lie that the enemy's telling you. But if you're carrying guilt into his word, his word will not be clear. No matter what he says to you, it will never be clear if you're carrying guilt into it. But man, when you're free from guilt and the Father says, this is what I'm asking of you. This is who I want you to be. Man, suddenly you begin to see clearer. Things make sense. Mm. And then Yahweh has an answer for it. Now I want to refer again to Hebrews that I read a moment ago in 10. That one should draw near to God with a sincere heart and let Him cleanse us from a guilty conscience. Draw near to God with a sincere heart. Father, I'm not coming to you as a matter of just checking the boxes. But I'm coming to you with a sincere heart. And I'm saying today, I've been carrying some junk. I've been guilty about a lot of things. I've asked you to forgive me, and I know that you have, but somehow I haven't forgiven myself, and I carry that guilt today. Father, set me free. 1 Peter 5, verses 6 and 7 says this, says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you casting all your anxieties on Him. Because why? He genuinely cares for you. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand. Not just the hand of God. Not just any hand. A mighty hand. Say mighty. Say it again. Say mighty. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God 
so that at the proper time, when is the proper time? It's when you humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Casting all your anxieties. Father, I bring it to you with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith. I bring it to you today. Man, I've been holding on to these things. These things eat me up. Even though I know I'm forgiven, even though I've asked forgiveness and I've been forgiven, these things still eat me up. They occupy so much of my mind in my life. I can't help it. I'm reminded every day. of the, I'm to Let him remove those things that remind you of it and set you free. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And then I want to wrap it up with this, and I want you to understand, I want you to hear what I'm about to say with a right mind. Yahweh is not at all interested in why you were guilty. He's, he could care less why you have guilt. It doesn't matter. What he's interested in is setting you free from it. When I came to Christ in 1985, if I'd have had to spill out every single sin I'd ever committed... I couldn't even remember. There's no way. I couldn't have delineated every single one. There's not enough paper. You know that scripture in John 21 talks about his world's not big enough to contain the books to record the miracles that Christ did in three years of ministry. I'm telling you, if, if the scripture was written about the day I got saved and you too, it would be the world is not big enough to contain the books that it would take to list the sins that these people have done in their short little life. But he's not at all interested in the specifics of the sin. And he's not at all interested in the specifics of the guilt. What he's interested in is setting us free. What he wants to do is set us free. He didn't say come and spill all the beans. Do you hear me? Come, spill all the beans. But before you do, because I know you, we're going to have to lot a lot a block of time about three and a half days for you to do that. No, he didn't do that. He said, come, repent, and let me remove all that from you with a mighty hand. With a mighty hand. He's interested in setting you free from that guilt and that is why he offers forgiveness so as we're sitting here today as we're watching online as we're gathered this morning and we come in here and you don't know what I'm going to talk about you don't know from one week to the next what I might talk about unless I happen to talk to you during the week and start sharing with you the things he's stirring in me when you walked in here this morning you didn't know we were going to be talking about guilt and some of you that have guilt and you walked in here suddenly you thought you'd Guilt was gone, and you're reminded this morning because I taught it. I forgot I was guilty. And it's awake again. But if it's awake, it's only awakened because it has not left yet. You've not yet you can't wake up something that is, doesn't exist. God's plan for you is not to live a life of guilt because it impedes, it inhibits your ability to hear, to trust, to live a life that He created you to live. I don't think anybody wants that. I don't think there's anyone under the sound of my voice that wants to live a life that's impeded, live a, live a half life when it could be a whole life.